prepare yourself for the next chapter of Deliberately Dexter. Our podcasting retrospective of the chaotic storm better known as Dexter Morgan. Your dark passengers for this journey would love to hear from you. Feel free to contact us on Twitter at Deliberately Dex. Or at Facebook.com slash Deliberately Dexter. Or if you'd like to stay away from the social media pools, you can always drop us a line at DeliberatelyDexter at gmail.com. You're now listening to Chapter 2 of Deliberately Dexter. We are your podcasting dark passengers. I'm Josh. I'm Monique. And welcome to the next episode. Yay, we made it. Yeah, in our... Episode 2. Yeah, in our podcasting lives, uh, we've always learned the hardest part is episode 4, so we've jumped that hurdle. Yeah, you can. anybody can get it done once. Getting it done twice... That takes talent. <laughs> I don't know if that means we are talented, but hey, you're still with us, so we're happy with that. And uh, you heard the new opening bumper with us, with all of our social media, rigor morale and info and all that stuff. So, so yeah. Um, use it. Use it. Use it. Tell us what you think. This is definitely a fan-driven podcast. We want it to be a fan-driven podcast, so we know the world of Dexter has a lot of... Uh, adamant fans and then fans are like oh god why did they do that <laughs> well i mean you know with us being on the social media and really focusing in on on dexter and stuff we've gotten to find a lot of cool pages a lot of cool reddits you know yeah. um and just notice that the fans like us have a real wide idea of the show and you know a big love for it so yeah the show may be gone but the fans are still very, very active. active on it and that's what we're hoping with you guys. We did our first episode on the final episode. Right. And now we're getting amped up to do the first episode. The second episode of the first episode. Huh? <laughs> this is our second episode. Yeah. We're doing the pilot episode. Oh, the first episode, but the first episode. The second episode, the first episode. Oh, wow. <laughs> Whoever had the bright idea of doing the last episode first, which was me. Anyways, um, this is where we're going to throw out this challenge. You're about to hear our conversation and our discussion of the first episode. We want to hear your thoughts of the comparison and contrasting of how the world of Dexter began and how the world of Dexter ended. Right. So you heard all the social media info, all the email addresses and everything. Tell us what you think about the first episode and the last episode. And we'll be going to talk about it during our third episode. Okay, so all the confusion aside. It's really easy to confuse me, I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll try we'll try to keep this we'll try to keep level, okay? Yeah. We'll so, just basically go back to where we were with the first episode by breaking it down to three parts. Exactly. But here's the important information, uh, to anybody that wants the piece of trivia. The uh, pilot episode actually premiered on Showtime in on October first, two thousand and six. And I remember that day because I was jonesing to watch that. You know what's funny is I didn't start watching Dexter when it first came out. I actually didn't start watching until it was all over. No. I started watching in the... You were towards the end, though. I was towards the end. Um, Hanks, the kid who... Oh, uh, the Doomsday Killers. The Dooms... Doomsday Killers. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting mole spread of episodes too that's when i started watching and i got bits and pieces and then i watched the season finale which is probably why we started with the last episode first yeah and then but yeah when we get to a certain part of our discussion i'll, I'll tell you that was there's a certain part of our discussion that will be what i'll say is the thing that got me locked in okay but when we get there we'll cross that bridge very cool anyways as we did with our first episode we're going to break this down into three parts and discussing 
different aspects of Dexter's life. His love life, his life with his sister, Deb, and then himself. So right off the bat, we'll be talking about him and Rita. So the, it's time for oh, Dexter, De- and, Dexter Rita. and Rita. <laughs> Which, over time, like, we, if you're listening to this and you know the ending for Rita... It has a lot, a lot of ups and downs for them. Yeah, I mean, you know, she, they put her in a real important role off the start. Obviously, yeah. you know, they're dating each other. Yeah, and the setup for their relationship was pretty interesting too because Deb had their hands in it. Uh, which I don't understand. So Deb saves Rita in a domestic violence um, call, I guess, when she was working patrol. Yeah. And then decides to go, hey, Rita. You want to meet my brother? And Rita just goes, oh, yeah. It probably wasn't a, oh, yeah. <laughs> it was probably more of like, huh? And then probably, Deb probably explained a little bit more. Like, yeah, my brother's a little, not really weird, but just kind of, you both kind of seem to be in the same wavelength of... Damaged? Damaged with issues. <laughs> well, that's how... But I don't think she'd be that blunt about it. <laughs> yeah, probably. Well, I mean, Deb's pretty blunt. We all know that. That is very true. But um, I think it was just more of like, Dexter needs kind of that anchor in Deb's mind, and Rita needs someone like... Well, Deb Dexter. trusts Dexter. Exactly. I guess that would make sense. To get, let Rita know not all men are scum. And their relationship really kind of starts to prove that when you see Dexter and Rita um, in the first episode and their awkwardness with the whole sex intimacy portion of yeah. their relationship. Especially after uh, their date night thing when they're crushing crabs and everything, Dexter stumbles across the crime scene. Oh. And he's sitting in the car trying to explain to her, but he, in his mind, his excitement is normal. Right. And he's trying to explain to her and everything. And like I said, when we were watching it, I almost would think Harry's advice kind of slipped in there and was like, show your excitement and everything. But it was the wrong time. Yeah. It. I mean, it seemed real natural for him to be excited. I think it surprised him because... When she bolted. I mean, the crime scene that he stumbles across is the ice truck killer. And, you know, when we get to his portion of the show, then we can talk about it a little bit more. But he was so excited about the technique that the guy used and, and the fact that there was no blood, which Dexter was born in blood, so that's all he knows, you yeah, know? Yeah, and his ritual is blood. Right. I just think he got so excited by it that he didn't even see it coming. Like, he didn't... He's never felt something like that. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And as Rita bolted, he was just like... What did I do? Uh, what, 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 what did I do in this situation? Right. And then you see the escalation, at least through this episode, of the relationship evolving and basically freaking Dexter out. And right. she was, like, wanting to make out with him, and he's like, uh, which we, we can't in, do this. Right, which in the show seemed super fast. But if you pay attention, they had been dating for six months at this point. Yeah. So this is six months of no, no touching, making no. out, you know, on the couch like that, or no touching at all. Yeah. You know, although I did think it was really sweet, and I pointed it out to you when Rita opens up her robe and she's in her nightgown, and Dexter never even like looked down at her. She he just kept eye contact with her and said thanks. Yeah. But you know, I mean, they were like, they were like teenagers, like, yeah, real teenagers, not the teenagers today. Yeah. You know, just teenagers, teenagers that well, not the 50s teenagers, awkward teenagers, awkward teenagers, like a girl thinking. I need to show him my stuff. And then he's like, oh, God, don't show me it. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do I do? I don't what know do what I do, to do with this? But no, it was cute. It just it showed that they were on the same page. And then also, too, another really cute aspect of it was his interaction with Aster and Cody. <laughs> Aster, may I say you look lovely today? Okay. Yeah. 
<laughs> and these kids have been, haven't been through, I guess, the extreme trauma of their mom, but also to kids in that type of situation know what's going on. Absolutely. I mean, even just yelling in the house, the house feeling tense or not like a safe place is enough trauma to, you know, to really upset some kids, I think, for the most part of this portion of their life. They yeah. still seem pretty well adjusted. Well, they got they have Dexter now. Except life. for Cody saying like "damn dog" later on. Well, in a couple episodes. Well, that's his out letting things out, and but also Dexter's kind of like, yeah, that's the truth, man. <laughs> <laughs> I do think Dexter puts a balance into their lives that they were missing. Yeah, definitely a well needed uh, male influence, some right. positive male influence, unbeknownst to them. Positive. Yeah. Positive for them at that at that moment of the time. I know. Hey, he brings donuts. He brings ice cream. <laughs> hey, there's no cops following him. <laughs> That's true. But it's interesting to think about the kids right now compared the TV show to the books when we crossed the book bridge because there were certain aspects of the book where Dex started training the kids. Training them in the art of... Harry's Code. Wow. Yeah. I have some books to read. More on that later. Yes. But... To continue our conversation, let's jump into the aspects of Deb and Dexter's relationship as it <laughs> pertains to this premiere episode. And we learn it very fast that uh, Deb relies on Dexter a lot within the first couple moments of a voicemail. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's telling him to call her because she's at a crime scene that she can't get anywhere near because she was working um, vice, not homicide at the time. Yeah. And so LaGuerta told her to go back into her room and stay there. Yeah, we learned very quickly that Jennifer Carpenter's character started out very young in this one because she seems like she's only in her 20s. I in mean, this she's, character. yeah, she she looks young, she acts young, and then when you see her on in later seasons... Um, the definite evolution of that character is right, hand-in-hand with Dexter's evolution. Right, she looks like she became a... Um, she looks like she became a woman on on the show. Yeah, with uh, the first call and everything where she's stuck in the hotel room and explaining to Dexter what's going on and not revealing to Dexter that the body has no blood. Oh yeah, she doesn't even tell him, huh? Yeah, no. Well, she has blood on her shoe. Why did she, Does anybody say why she has blood on her shoe? I don't, I didn't notice that. You didn't notice it when she's standing in the doorway and she's tilting on her heel as De Dexter is walking towards the door? They pan down and they look at her heels and she's got blood on her shoe. Wow. Yeah, you'll have to go back and watch it. Yes, I will definitely have to go back and watch that. I was um, trying to figure out how old she was when she was on Dexter, but I can't quite find it. I know she's 35 now, so back in 2006 she would have been... Late 20s. Yeah. Yeah. But they t they had their conversation in the room with her in her sex outfit, her sex clothes, as <laughs> uh, Dexter puts it. And she's trying to... You quickly realize what her mouth. Oh my goodness, that girl. She can she can cuss with the best of them. Oh, she drops F-bombs left and right. And uh, kind she's of a... She's got a good, pretty good turn of phrase, too. Yeah, and kind of a side trivia piece of information is... Like, after the first season of Dexter, the writer's strike hit. And during that time, uh, CBS turned around and showed the first season of Dexter on the regular CBS channel. No way. Yeah, and if you look at it now, it's like, honestly, they don't really have to edit out too much stuff because... They just have to edit dead. <laughs> yeah, because there's no real major graphic violence shown on screen. No. You always right. see the aftermath. 
There's slight nudity, so that's nothing more really major. Right, you just play it later at night. Yeah, well, also just censoring it is just like, boom. Yeah, just a censor bar? Yeah, or just getting a different shot in. It was Deb's mouth that was the big edit point because, wow. (laughs) Everybody knows Deb's mouth is notorious in this series. As we talked about a little bit before, uh, too, was uh, the fact that Deb was working Vice and she really wanted to escalate her career. And to homicide. To homicide. And that, she, like we were talking about a little bit, too, she kind of goes to Dexter a lot on that because Dexter's her older brother. Foster or not, she, he's her older brother. And in her words, he always has these... Uh, gut feelings gut or? feelings these ideas of where to go and we learn that quickly during their conversations like she tries to pick stuff out but also Dexter holds stuff back too right I mean with uh, so the ice truck killer is the first the first killer that we've come across he's the first arc and you know they're trying they're working the case and Deb really wants to give like a piece of information that gets her brought on to the case yeah and she starts asking him about uh, cell crystallization in something she knows nothing about, heard the ME say, and, you know, obviously went to her forensic brother to find out what it meant. He figures out what it means, but still holds back the fact that, like... Like she should be looking for, like, refrigerated trucks and everything. Mm-hmm. He, he lets her have that information, but doesn't, like, go, oh, it has to be just a freezer truck. Or, right. Because there's refrigerated trucks everywhere. It just Especially really in Miami. Yeah. And I got a question for you. Do you think he's holding it back from her as protecting her or wanting to keep the information to himself to just be able to do his hunting? And- I think I don't think he's wanting to hunt. He's not hunting the ice truck killer. He wants to play, as, yeah. as the way he puts it. Um, I really don't... I think he's holding it back for himself, but in like a joyful way, not in like a, a work way or this person needs to be taken care of. Yeah. Um... He'd basically let them know in due time. Right, right. Just as he explored whatever piece of evidence he had, then he'd be able to give it to her. Yeah. But he would have to find out everything he wanted to be able to find out about it first. Exactly, yeah. I mean, because once he gives it to her, then it goes out to the whole world. You know, so he's justified in holding it back so he can play with it. So we jumped into the two major aspects of Dexter's life and now we gotta shine the flashlight onto the man himself. Right. Which is kind of like his fake life. Real life. Yeah. Well, the two aspects, the Rita and Deb and Deb and Dexter are more the fake life. This, what we're about to talk about is the reality of his situation. Fair enough. Yeah. Yes. As I agree with that. As you saw, extremely right off the bat with the first episode as he is on the hunt. Yeah. With the choir director of Donovan. Right, Mike Donovan. And he, um, I, I didn't realize how much I missed in the later seasons, the, the hunting ritual that he goes through in the real the early stages. Right, I mean, he kidnaps him from an event. He makes him drive himself to where their kill room the is. The kill zone, yeah. He takes him in there and, and gets in his face and not, he doesn't do pictures, but, um... He has the bodies. Right. Because uh, Mike Donovan is a choir director for a church that kills kids. Right. And, yeah, it as Dexter put it, it's like, I don't know how anybody could hurt kids. Right, and the guy asks him why, and he says, um, because he had standards. Yeah, and that's the one thing we always knew, even in the later seasons with Dexter, is like, he... 
he may have diverted from the code and diverted from what he needed to do, minus certain things. Lombardo. We'll get there. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> I don't agree with that. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, we're definitely going to bounce back and forth on that one. But in the early stages, though, he did have his standards of... Right. If I if you're dead to rights, I got you. Right. I'm going to take you out. And Mike Donovan was the first example. And as we talked about early in this episode, that opening sequence of the first episode, where he, as soon as he wrapped that cord around oh, Donovan's yeah. neck and got him driving, like, I'm hooked. Right. Oh, that was it? No, oh, I was locked in the show because I was like, this is different. This is going to be interesting. The f- It's funny because the first or the scene that got me on the episode and the one that I remember beyond anything is when he's walking onto it's the next scene when he's walking onto the crime scene and he goes underneath the tape and like the guy was like you better have a badge and he's yeah. like I'm forensics like, yeah the excitement that he has once he gets to the body and that look on his face of like I don't know this is different I've never seen anything like this yeah for some reason that hooked me and it was it was in his personality it Oddly enough, it was Dexter who hooked me to the show. Yeah. But uh, we get the Donovan killing. We get him in the room where Dexter is even toying with him. Kind of, not blatantly toying with him, just kind of letting him, just basically dangling Donovan. Right. Ab- above the pit. The figurative pit, basically. He, yeah. I mean, his whole point was he wanted him to be as scared as like his victims the were. The kids were. Right. And as soon there was a method to it too. As soon as he said, "I have standards," and then he stuck him with the needle, there was no emotion throughout the entire thing. Right. He was very, he was very calm. He was very pleased with himself. You know, this guy is terrified and on the table. Um, you know, after he gets poked or after he gets stuck, the next, the next frame or the next scene would be him on the table. Yeah. And all tied up and stuff, and Dexter cutting his cheek, his very ritual. The slice, and then the blood slide. Right. Which, um, I like that he always did the blood slides. That never changed. Yeah, that has never changed. Even from the books, like, uh, we talked about it a little bit, too. Like, the first season of Dexter went pretty well with the books. The first book. The first book, the first season, went hand in hand. It was after that, the second season's kind of spread out. Gotcha. And when we go from there, we'll go more into that. What I thought was a trip, though, was, and, and I don't remember this happening, but he starts dismembering the guy before he's even dead. Like, that's how he killed him. Yeah, well, that, it may be the factor of the, that the guy kills kids. It may be continuing the, okay, the fear, the, I want you. Yeah, because he starts if, to chop off his head. Yeah, it's like, I want you in fear until you're done. <laughs> as graphic and as depressing as that sounds. That's just crazy. Yeah, it, it's crazy, and but then we get the next kill of the show. Right, which we actually get two kills in that episode, which um, the second one was Jamie Jawalski. Yeah, the S&M uh, website. Yeah, freak. he's a valet at the country club. And, um, and, and we get more of the methods of Dexter getting the guy dead to rights, like trying to figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. Is this guy part... Does this guy answer Harry's code? Is he... Yeah, because he had to have proof of his crimes, and he had found um, a case about a mom being killed and two kids being left behind, so yeah. that hit like the personal core yeah, of him. Yeah, what did he say? He said that they would be... Tra- traumatized forever. Yeah, or emotionally de- devastated forever. forever. And uh, 
you know, then he starts to do his research, and, and Jamie Jawalski is where he ends up. Yeah, he gets him done rights and sets up the kill room, which we didn't get really to see with the Donovan's killing, but we get to see the method of laying everything out, laying out the rubber sheets, posting the pictures, mm-hmm. and just getting everything ready for the final needle in the neck. Yeah. I mean, we kind of passed over it, but he... Uh, he breaks into his house too and goes through all of his stuff and nobody even knows he was ever there because he has Harry's training right I mean that's how good he is is yeah. that you know he was on his computer he went through his desk he did all kinds of places that this man is every day and you know no he can't be touching and like we said it's because of Harry and we even get the flashes of those during the episode too where Harry's trying to figure out why Dexter's doing this and everything mm-hmm Minus what we know from season eight with Vogel and her hand in the code, we get the early signs of Harry trying to figure out what Dexter's path truly is. Yeah. And then we get to the point where Harry has that realization of, okay, this isn't going away. We're just going to have to flip it into something else. We're going to make it good. We're going to put this unfortunate trait to good use. Right. Which, I mean, we had discussed whether or not we thought he was talking to Vogel at that time. I don't think so. I think at that time he was still trying to figure out his son, but he knew where he had come from, so he was kind of giving him the benefit of the doubt, you know, just because, and, and thought, well, if I can be open and honest with him, maybe we can beat this, and then started to figure out that... Uh, you mean well, need outside help? I mean, because he found out when he was real young that he had uh, killed the neighbor's dog and found the grave and stuff yeah. like that. Um but not until he was like 15 or 16 did he start to teach him an actual code where he says we can flip this to good. Yeah. So I think maybe later on they were actually talking just by that timeline. Yeah, and we kind of discussed this too as we were watching the first episode again. Uh, If there was a Vogel aspect Mm -hmm. known when they first started the show, I think it had been more evident, but now what we know is what we know. Yeah. When we're watching these episodes now, we'll we'll hopefully be able to pinpoint it, and hopefully it's not what I thought it was, where it was the vulgar aspect was something just to throw in season eight. It did. I mean, because like, I mean, like we were discussing earlier, there's no evidence of Harry getting any outside information, talking to anybody, um, and you get bits and pieces of his career through flashbacks, you know, throughout all of the seasons but you never see anything about him talking to somebody outside talking, the family right. outside of their own inner circle not right. a vulgar aspect which I mean he didn't even let Matthews know which I understand because Matthews was a detective but yeah, you know that was probably like one of his closest people yeah and if Matthews didn't know then why would some random old woman know right but like I said it's going to be more of that throughout this season and I guess when we get back to season 8 again It'll be fun. It'll yeah. be fun to get back to it. And something that was we noticed that was probably dropped very fast, but at least in this first episode, the creepy factor was there of LaGuardia's uh, infatuation with Dexter. Yeah. Lieutenant LaGuardia. <laughs> she was she was all over him. Yeah, and that was something that was an aspect of the book, too, that LaGuardia kind of had a thing for Dexter. She just... I, what I didn't understand was, later on, LaGuardia's seems to have an attraction to people she can get something from. Yeah. And I just didn't know what she could possibly get from Dexter. 
except for Dexter, so she must have actually liked him. Yeah, and that's the whole thing, too. Dexter has that man-of-mystery thing with him. He doesn't talk to anybody. He doesn't hang out with people outside right. of the station, so... And, you know, she was probably used to so much male attention that since he wasn't giving her any, that what she was up went, with that? Yeah, she went, do, 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 you. And but, she had to make sure that, like, he knew she was there. And luckily, they they dropped it pretty fast because after the first episode, we you see it not there. And it, it plays well in the book when you read the first book, but seeing it live and in action... It just comes off like, wow, okay, uh, this is just <laughs> this is weird. Awkward. Yeah, let's just have her bother Dokes and uh, Angel and just whoever can put her into power. Anybody else. <laughs> and I guess that could lead us into Dokes. One of my favorite characters. Yes. I mean, I think he's one of everybody's favorite characters. Well, everybody loves Dokes. Everybody, he was freaking the yin to Dexter's yin. Right. Like, he was... Under he, he could have easily been a complete serial killer too, and no one would know it. But Dexter would have been the one to go. Yeah, he's weird. Right. I think no matter. And what, it was vice versa. Would, right. There would have been a recognition in the other of something odd and off. But um, one of my favorite lines in the whole show is, you know, why in a building full of cops is Dokes the only one who? I think I quoted this the last episode. I think you did too. Well, I told you it was my favorite line. Well, Dokes is an aspect of the show that one is quickly released from the show too soon but it never feels like he actually goes away yeah we, you always feel like he's he's still kind of around and then also too we learn from dokes like why dexter may have had that feeling about dokes because we learn about dokes's past with um the military like ghost military stuff right. like like off the books military stuff right but with this first episode with dokes and dexter we get the collision we start seeing like Dokes knows something's up with Dexter, and Dexter is just like, okay, I just gotta stay off this dude's radar. Then I'm fine. Yeah, he doesn't buy any of his nonsense. Yeah, and then he of course he doesn't like the donuts. He oh, doesn't yeah. like the creepy smile. He doesn't like anything about him. And then of course Dexter kind of screws him over in his investigation of the cokehead murders. Where, oh, without. Well, Dokes is saying it's it was a drug deal gone wrong. It's a drug deal gone wrong, and Dexter's like, no. Well, he doesn't screw him over in the fact of, like, he does, he gives the wrong information. Right, because I've seen Dexter screw jokes over. Yeah, we, we'll get that later. <laughs> um, not, we get um, Dexter getting the legitimate information out there, and yeah. it just rubs Dokes the wrong way that Dexter is getting this praise for knowing his job, basically, but also right. do. Well, I mean, he said something opposite of him. Yeah. And he said, I don't care what you have to say, that's what happened. Write the report. Yeah. But so, that's Dokes not doing his job. Right. That's kind of, in a nutshell, Dokes and Dexter early in their life together because it's just Dokes knows there's something up with Dexter and Dexter kind of knows something's up with Dokes. Right. He doesn't, res I mean, they don't really respect each other. They respect each other enough to stay out of each other. Well, Dexter respects Dokes enough to stay out of the way. Yeah. And Dokes just does not give a crap. Yeah. If Dexter's around or not. So Exactly. Now with everything said, uh, let's just put it down to this. Let's go right to Dexter. Let's uh, his aspects of being himself, being Dexter, being deliberately Dexter. I used the title. <laughs> I was smooth. Yeah, until I called it out. <laughs> um, <laughs> stop ruining moments. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. Is like I really, I, I cannot stand Dexter very early on in the series. However, in the first season, I really do like him. He was a much happier person he liked pulled pork sandwiches 
He liked eating bananas. You know, he took Rita to a crab smash thing. You know, he was... We really need to look up the correct term for that. Because <laughs> no I'm just going to the crab smasher. That's <laughs> what they're doing. Yeah. But, you know, he bantered with Batista. There were just so many things that I think he was doing better. He was he was the most extra he was ever going to be, I think, and, and it was in the pilot. That's exactly it. And he's going... He's... Like he says, he knows he's going through the motions of emotions just to get by. Mm -hmm. And he's staying off the radar. He's being what everybody would want him to be. Right. Being that guy with the donuts. Being the buddy of Batista. Being that doting boyfriend to take his girlfriend out to crab smashing. Thing. Thing. <laughs> and hanging out with the kids and everything. But we get those little moments too where he's like on a slice of life. His boat. Mm -hmm. And those inner monologues of just trying to figure out, you know what? I know I'm not normal. Yeah. So I just need to make sure I fake it. And then you get that quick cut of him waving to the other boat passing by. And like, as you're going to say throughout the entire thing, like Dexter sucks. He does suck. Except for in the first episode. Yeah. And I think we'll still have a couple episodes. I think it's more second season where they start diverting from the original idea of Dexter from the books. Because like Jeff Lindsay the writer of the Dexter books has said before, and I know I'm butchering the quote with him, where the Dexter from the books knows there's no way he's going to change. So he just has to do what he needs to do to get by, stay off the lethal injection table, mm -hmm. and do what he needs to stay right to Harry's code. The Dexter in the series, the television series, knows that he can't... He's He has the emotions he does, but he wants to evolve into something where he can have those emotions. And that honestly is a mistake because that was the key thing with the Dexter character, but also too, as a television series, that wouldn't work I mean, if over that time. Was a, if that was a, no, it wouldn't work over time. Yeah. If it was a conscious decision to make him go from, uh, to, to put it in him that he does want to change, that he did want to have a family with Rita and that ultimately that that was the goal instead of just not getting caught anymore, yeah. then I can understand where things got so jarbled for him and why things ended up such a mess because he changed everything he would he, he changed every idea he ever had from going like this is a need I have to do this I have to be this person to well if I do things this way and if I move this and if I maneuver that way maybe I can have it all yeah well it's like he even says in the the premiere episode he's a neat monster so he has to keep things in a certain order mm-hmm and everything like that and then as time progresses certain things are moved yeah and that neat monster becomes jarbled mm -hmm. and we get to the point where the harry's code becomes a little blurred because he has to continue to make things meet together in the middle right where he can still be dexter but still be rita's boyfriend brother to dev doing a guy at work Totally it's very easy to start dissecting Dexter, and we have a lot of episodes to do that. Right. <laughs> so, I guess to wrap up this side of the conversation for the premiere episode, let's delve into the final act of the series premiere mm -hmm. with the interaction between Dexter and what will be known as the Ice Truck Killer because he finds the Ice Truck. Right. So, after that conversation that he and Deb had about the cell crystallization and figuring out that, you know, it's a refrigerated truck and 
you know, she tries to get LaGuardia to listen to her, and she flubs that whole thing up really bad. And it shows the <laughs> awkwardness of Deb early on in life, because she was awkward at that point. She was terrible. She couldn't form a sentence. Um, but it also shows how much LaGuardia was a bitch. She was awful. Yes. I mean, it's hard. If you're intimidated, you're not going to be able to speak to anybody. Yeah. But, so, Dexter's... He's just out and about. I think he was just... Coming from Rita's house. Or heading to Rita's house, actually. Headed to Rita's yeah, house. Yeah, because they had their conversation of she wanted to see him, and he was like, okay, I'll come by later. After, I think it was after the Jamie uh, murder. Mm-hmm. He's in his car, getting ready to go. Then an ice truck just flies by him. So it's like, maybe. Let's... Which, I wonder, was it on purpose? Did he know where he was? Did he know I would almost... Killed? Yeah, I would almost say that it could be true... Because one, when we learn stuff over the season, but also too, what we see in the final moments of the episode, because Dexter follows the ice truck onto a bridge where the bridge is closed, so the ice truck turns around and Dexter's like, "Okay, did I just screw up?" <laughs> yeah, now they're in like a chicken standoff. Yeah, and it was just like his car could rip through mine like paper. <laughs> right. Uh, the ice truck flies by him and tosses out a severed head, this missing severed head from the crime scene earlier. Mm-hmm. And this leads to everybody showing up. LaGuardia kind of calling him out, like, okay, your sister comes up with ice truck And method, here you are, and chasing ice trucks. Yeah. He's like, coincidence? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but he leaves uh, the crime scene, tells LaGuardia after their little, her little awkward flirting with him, like, I, I gotta go sleep yeah. and take a long, long hot shower because of you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying LaGuardia is not good looking. LaGuardia is a very attractive woman. It's really? just... Yeah. LaGuardia's pretty good looking. I never understand that. Yeah, but... I'm not saying she's ugly, but I'm just... The character is ugly. Yeah, she's weird. Yeah. She's but, a very loud, colored, wearing yeah, woman. But the actress that plays LaGuardia is very attractive. But okay. that, But that's another story. That's another time probably for nowhere. <laughs> but uh, he leaves... And heads home to find something on his fridge. In. On. On. On his fridge and in his fridge. Right. Which is a head. Yeah, we see the Barbie head right. hanging there. And kind of confuses him a little bit. Like, okay, what? this could be just Deb being Deb. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. You just gotta think Deb probably has a really warped sense of humor. Probably like him. <laughs> but then he opens up the fridge to see the rest of the Barbie doll hacked up. And with little bows on each part. The mirror in his hand. The mirror in his hand and everything. So it's kind of like, okay. And he even says it there. It's like, he wants to play? I'll play. And that closes out the, this premiere episode. And honestly, it has me hooked. Yeah. I mean, definitely. Um, the Ice Truck story is probably one of my favorite stories in the whole, in the whole season. Yeah. And it, a lot of people try to, like dissect the big bads and everything honestly you can't really you can compare season two on the big bads from there the season one season one cannot be touched because it's the thing that starts everything yeah absolutely and as we go into more episodes here you're going to learn our thoughts about the ice truck killer and just the development of the season and coming up in other episodes we're going to start looking directly at uh, certain characters of the world of Dexter different arcs and just our thoughts in general, because that's why we wanted to do the show. That's why it's a podcast. It's a podcast. It, like one of, the, like we talked about before, one of the major roles is get past your first episode. And the other one is, as much as we love our listeners, we love you all. We're doing this for us. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
They could be one or 50 or 50,000 people listening. We're In the end of the day, we have to be doing this for us. Right. We want you to come along on the journey. Let us know what you think and all that good stuff, too. Yeah. You got the social media info. And like we said at the top, we want to hear your thoughts about the first episode and the last episode of Dexter because now you know ours. So this has been Deliberately Dexter. And this has been Josh. I'm Monique. See you next month.